Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. The topic we're talking about today is spiritual warfare. You don't realize it, but you live in a spiritual world. You're going to spend about, I don't know, 100 years maybe on earth, maybe 70, maybe, I don't know. You're going to spend millions and millions and billions of years in eternity. So really, we got to live for eternity. We got to think spiritually. We have to be spiritually minded. But sometimes we feel like we're under attack. Several of you might have been feeling like, man, I, why do I keep struggling with the same stuff? I've had the same struggle for years and years. Why do I keep taking three steps forward, two steps back? Three steps forward, two steps back. Like, I, I just feel like I can't keep stepping forward. You might say, why does it seem like when I'm starting to focus on God, when I'm starting to read my Bible, when I'm starting to come back to church, my whole world blows up, right? It's like, what? why then? It's because you're in a spiritual battle. You're up against spiritual warfare. It's like, why am I having so much conflict? Why am I having so much frustration when I'm trying to serve God? I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to do what he wants me to do. And I feel like I have even more frustration, right? It's because you're in a spiritual battle. So we have to approach it in a different way. This is what Ephesians 6.10 says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil has schemes against you, but you can take your stand. So God says you can be strong. You can take your stand that it doesn't have to overcome you. It's not going to get the last word. So then it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So God's word says we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not in the battle against the person. You're not against your coach, your teacher, your spouse, your boss, your mother-in-law. We love mother-in-laws here at the Ark Church, right? So I'm not battling again, but I, but I feel like I'm in a battle. So what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to get victory when I, I'm not against a certain person, but I'm, I'm irritated and I'm, I'm frustrated and I keep having the same failure over and over and over again? Well, here, here's a great promise for all of us. It's John, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, actually, the Holy Spirit comes and he lives inside of you. And he's in there. God is in you. God is in you, living inside of you, leading you, directing you, that, that, that he's there. And so it says, he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. That means you have God inside of you. You have the, the, the greatest strength, the greatest power, the greatest peace right there inside of you. And you can defeat the things of this world. But he says you're going to have to overcome them. That means you're going to have to overcome stuff. You're going to have to win some battles, fight some wars. And you have to fight it in a spiritual way if you're going to have sustained success. You see, the ultimate battleground, it's in your mind. This is where most of the battles happen is in your mind. You're having spiritual battles because you have to think about what you actually think about. People are, are in this battle where they feel like they're not enough, or they feel like God's mad at them, or they feel like they're isolated. They feel like they're alone. 
They feel like, surely I can't be close to God or, or my, my past is so bad, I could never be close to him. Well, this is the battleground. You have to think about what you actually think about. Proverbs 23, 7, it says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You're like, I thought my thoughts came in my mind. Well, they, they start in your mind, but then you start to think I'm alone. No one cares about me. No one loves me. No one loves me. No one loves me. And then you start to say, no one loves me. Then you start to believe it in your heart. So there's an actual elevator in your life, whether you realize it or not. And it works with faith, it works with fear, it works with strength, it works with confidence. That when you start to think thoughts that are full of fear, then you start to say thoughts that are full of fear, you start to believe things that are full of fear. The same is true with faith. That when you start to believe, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. You start to say, God loves me, God loves me. Then you start to believe that God actually loves me. And so, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's this elevator that starts with your mind and then it goes down to your heart. So you have to think about if I'm going to have strength, if I'm going to have security, if I'm going to have peace, if I'm going to have hope, I have to win the battle that starts in my mind. John 8, 32, these are Jesus's words. He said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. There's a phrase that came out a couple years ago. I don't know exactly when, but it said, my truth. I'm living my truth. Some of you have heard that before. That truth ain't setting you free. My version of the truth, it ain't setting me free. My grandma's version of the truth ain't setting me free. That, that awesome girl that I follow on, on Instagram, that she has all these amazing, her truth ain't setting me free. The TED talk, that, I, that ain't, no. The truth will set me free. So you're like, what, what is the truth? Thank you for asking. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's one truth, it's Jesus. It's the truth of God's word. And the good news is, when I start to know God's word, when I start to understand what he says about me, I, I'm gonna win the battles. I'm gonna win the battle against anxiety. I'm gonna win the battle against fear. I'm gonna win the battle against feeling like my past is too bad. I'm gonna win the battle where I feel like I don't belong, I don't fit in. I'm gonna win the battle because the truth of God's word sets me free, but the lies of the enemy put me in a prison. The enemy, his schemes is to get you in a prison, to get you away from God, to get you to think God can't love you, God can't be close to you. Well, surely God could never use a person like you. That, that's his scheme against you. You're like, well, I've, I've never been incarcerated. Well, okay. People are in a prison of fear, a prison of worry, a prison of deception, uncertainty. Or you fall into a prison of addiction and you, 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 you want to stop, but you, you can't stop. You don't want to keep going down that road, but you, you, you keep going down that road. Or you're in a prison where you've believed a lie long enough where you've believed you can't be close to God. You can't be like them. You could never be baptized like they were baptized. God might love you because he has to, but God doesn't really like you. All those things are lies. All those things are not true. And you're like, well, how do you know it's a lie? How do you know it's not true? Because the word of God is the will of God. God already said, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves me. God loves me. 
God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So as soon as that thought that comes in, it's like, God doesn't love me. God couldn't love me. Surely after what I did, God doesn't love me. No, that's not true. This is spiritual warfare. This is where you start to battle. This is where you start to fight. Now it says the full armor of God. We got to put on the full armor of God. Well, a lot of times we are in this battle, but we're not using any weapons. Now think about if we decide to go to war with Canada, you know, those frisky Canadians, they're always causing trouble. Um, What if we cross over the border, we send our whole army up there, but we don't have any weapons? That would be dumb. We would lose. Well, that's what we do spiritually all the time. And we say to ourselves, no, 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 don't think about that. Don't think about that. Don't think about that. No, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't think about that. Don't think about that. But we don't have an actual weapon. We don't have something in our hand that's actually a weapon that will defeat the enemy. So the Bible says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that is our weapon. So you put on the full armor of God and then you use the sword of the spirit so that you can win the battle. Another good thing for you to know, like not every thought you have is from God and you can't always control what comes into your mind, right? So if I start to say, okay, don't think about September 7th, Thursday night football, Chiefs versus Lions. Don't think about it. Don't, don't think about Mahomes and Kelsey. Don't, don't think, well, you're probably thinking about it, right? What you can control is how long you think about something. How long I think about this. How long I think about me not being good enough or me not being smart enough or me not being spiritual enough or me not having any friends or me not being the coach's favorite or me not getting what I, you know. You can can control how long you think about stuff. That's what you can control. How long you give life to something. So the Bible, it's super clear on how how do you take a thought And how do you do this whole warfare thing? Well, we're going to walk through it this morning. We're going to walk through how you actually have spiritual warfare in your own life. So 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says this, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So there's, there are opinions and arguments raised against God. So it's like, what are those things? What is an opinion raised against God? What is an argument that goes against the knowledge of truth? Anything that goes against the word of God is what we're talking about. Anything. God's already said how he feels. The will of God is the word of God. So anything that goes against that, well, we're in love, so we're just gonna, you know, we don't have to get married. We're just gonna, that actually goes against the word of God. Well, I'm not going to forgive them because you know what they did to me. I don't, that actually goes against the word of God. Well, I'm going to cuss out my boss because you know what he did to me? He did it. That goes against the word of God. So you can have those thoughts. Just don't do those things. It's like, I'm not going to let that thought linger. I'm not going to continue to look at that thought, do that thought, continue to go down that road because I don't want to be in a prison. The truth of God's word is what's going to set me free. So the will of God is the actual word of God. And so here's where the battle really becomes real. People have this thought of like, I've messed up too much. And every time they take a step close to God, it's like, no, you can't really get close to him. You can't really be in church. You can't really be one of those dedicated people. You can't recover from that. God won't forgive you. 
you're never going to be good enough for this, or you're never going to be good enough for that. You know, God's kind of mad at you. You're always going to be alone. So the, these are the thoughts that when a thought comes at you, you can't let that thought just marinate. You can't just keep letting that thought live and letting it live and letting it live. It's like, no, you have to say, no, you take it captive and then you replace it with the truth. So as soon as a thought comes at me that I know is against the word of God, I have to grab it. Nope, I'm not. No, 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 no. And then I have to replace it with the truth. I have to replace it. If I don't replace it with the truth, it's like going to battle with no weapon. I've done that before. I've had a thought come at me and I've been like, "Mm, yeah, I really am. I'm not really good enough. Actually, God probably is disappointed with me. Actually, I am too far behind. Yeah, I probably should be more spiritual. Yeah, I probably should. I have a greed. There's a, there's a lie. You're not good enough. And I have agreed in my mind with the lie and gotten further and further and further into this prison. Any thought that comes against you is not from God. Any thought. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So anytime you're thinking to yourself, you're not good enough, you're not spiritual enough, well, you really should have been there for them. Well, you really should have. If you would have been there, then they wouldn't have done this. Well, if you could have just been at the reunion, then, you know, he wouldn't have said that to her and you could have. That's condemnation. It's condemnation. It's condemnation. It's condemnation. So you have to take the thought captive. Then you have to replace it with the word of God. And here's what you should know. You can find evidence either way. In your life, if you've struggled with my past is too bad, I'm not good enough, whatever the lie is, you've messed up to whatever. You can find evidence to support that. I can find evidence to support that. I also can find evidence to support God says I'm healed. God says I'm redeemed. God says I'm a new creation. God says, God says, God says, I can find evidence both ways. So no matter what your childhood is, no matter what your background is, you can find evidence to support the lie of the enemy, or you can find evidence to support the truth of God's word. So let's just, let's just, let's just practice. Okay. Let's practice a little bit. So man, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't know if this is going to work. There's too many things that aren't going good in my family. There's too many things. Like I, there's too many obstacles. Maybe you've had a thought like this. There's too many obstacles, too many obstacles. Well, Romans 8, 31 says this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What do you say in response? When you have a thought that says you're not going to make it, it's not going to be good. Um, we're about to be empty nesters. We're about to do this. It's about to be this. I don't know what's life's going to be. No, no, no. God is for me. God, this is what I say. God is for me. He is a good God. He has a good plan for my life. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to do everything that God asked me to do. So you, you take the thought captive and then you replace it with the truth. This is how you begin to win the battle. A lot of people agree with the lie. Yeah, my life probably isn't going to be very good. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns coming. So the good news is when I replace it with the truth, the truth will set me free. So, so many people, they struggle with my past is too bad. I wish I wouldn't have messed up so much. So because I messed up, because I wasn't in church, because I turned my back on God, then I, I, I guess I can't be close to him. And every time they try to take a step forward towards God, it's your past, your past, your past, your past. 
So when that comes up on any of us, your past, your past, you say no. And then you replace it with 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, anyone who is in Christ, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So I start to say, no, no, no. This is what God says about me. God has the final word. God has the final say. God's the one that has the pen in his hand. He determines how the story is going to end. Not my feelings, not my past. But if I don't replace it with the truth, it's like I'm going to battle with no weapons. So 2 Corinthians um, 5.17. All right, what about 1 John 1.9? Well, you, you really can't be forgiven. You know, God tolerates you, but he doesn't really forgive you. You can't really do anything for God. Well, that's not what this verse says. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So I start to have that thought, what I did was too bad. God's not happy with me. God's mad at me. Actually, this verse says, he has purified me. He's cleansed me. He looks at me pure. He looks at me clean. I don't feel that way. I feel like he should be mad at me, (laughs) but he's not. Because the word of God is the will of God. And so I believe what he says. Or maybe you're, you're struggling and it's like you keep having all these thoughts about you're not good enough. He's mad at you. You should be further along. You should be more spiritual. And it's, it's some kind of condemnation on you. You're not good enough. No, 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 no. He, it's that. You have to say, no, that's not what God says. And this is John three seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's goal is not to condemn. He's not the one over there saying, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not thin enough. You're not successful enough. You should be driving this kind of car. You should have this kind of house. You should have this kind of, but I don't know. It's whatever, whatever it is that's saying you're not good enough. It's whatever that is. He's not saying that. He's saying, I have saved you. I have healed you. I have helped you. And he wants to give you peace. He wants to give you strength. He wants you to feel loved. He wants you to feel secure. He wants you to know that actually, even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's right there with you. So he wants you to have these things. The will of God is the word of God. And so another exciting thing in my mind is like, okay, the devil can't create. The devil can't create. Only God is the creator. So think about it like this. If for the next 20 years, you had to play a basketball game against a 2-3 zone every single time. It was always a 2-3. Do you think you could figure out how to score? back? I, I would think so. If it was the same strategy, the same defense, every single game, you could figure out a way to score. Well, guess what? The devil comes at you the same way. So whatever it is, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're past is too bad. You've messed up. You're always going to be alone. You're never going to have whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but whatever that thing is, he'll keep coming at you the same way. So once you learn to defeat him, he can't create, he can't create anything new. So how do I know if a thought is from God or not from God? Does it line up with God's word? If you don't know God's word, you're in trouble, right? You're susceptible. You can get attacked. So I have to know the word. I have to know what God's word says. I have to be in the word. I have to be in a church where it's like I'm learning the word of God. I'm hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you and I, we all have a faith muscle inside of us. 
And as we hear the word and say the word and sing the word, that faith muscle grows and it grows and it grows. And so I have to know if it doesn't line up with God's word, I'm not going to, I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not going to lose that battle anymore. I'm going to continue to wage war against the devil. I'm not going to let him say that I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough, that, that your past is too bad. I'm not going to give in anymore. Anything that's condemning, it's not from God. Anything that puts you down, it's not from God. And so you can win this battle when you have God's word. You can do it. You can do it. If nothing else, God's for me. God is for me. God is for me. Almighty God is behind me and he is for me. You see, I was 2008, I was praying about transitioning from Durango, Colorado to Texas. And uh, Pastor Allen, he had me come out and speak. And he talked to me about maybe being the junior high uh, youth pastor. And man, I was so excited. I mean, the church was probably 3,500 people on a Sunday at the time. It was like amazing leadership, amazing culture. Like this is what I'd always hoped for, to be in a culture like this, to be a a team like this. And so I went out, I preached. um, I was at a church of like 350 and our youth group at 350 was larger than their youth group of 3,500. And so um, I preached, thought it was okay. Um, He Talk, talk to me real quick. A week later, he said, we're not going to hire you. And man, I was crushed. I wanted to say, you're not going to hire me. Our youth group is bigger than your youth group. Like you have five full-time staff. You know, I wanted to like justify, 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 justify. But what I said was, I trust you. I know you hear from God. And I want the absolute best thing for the church, just like you do. I hung up the phone and I cried and I cried and I cried because I I prayed about it. I thought this was my next step, that this was what God had for me. I already prayed about it. I was so certain it was going to work out. You really think you could be at a church like that? You really think they would like you? You really think you have what it takes to be at that level? You really think, you really think, you really think? Battle, 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 battle. I just keeps coming back to God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. He calls me on December 27th and he says, I don't want you to be our junior high pastor. I want you to be our community outreach pastor. I'll double your salary. You start in a couple months and you, come on. I'm like, let me pray about it. Jesus, yep, yep. Okay, yeah, the answer is yes. So we're still in transition though. This is 2000 and now, well, it's December 7, 2008. It's about to be 2009. We own a house in Durango, Colorado. We're trying to sell that house. There are 16 houses for sale all in our neighbor, all in our little subdivision. None of them are selling. This is like the housing market is about to burst, right? Um, our friends are telling us, you're not supposed to go there because if you're supposed to go there, you would have sold your house. I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I was making 36,000 a year as a youth pastor. Now I'm going to have two houses to like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. What if I'm not supposed to go? What if I didn't hear God? What if, what if, what if, what if the scariest monster you ever will face as an adult is the what if monster and he'll come at you. Well, what if, what if, what if, what if? 
And I was up praying about this whole thing. God, am I supposed to go? God, are you calling me? I really feel like I'm supposed to. Like, I feel like this is what you're asking. Like, what if? I, God, so I'm looking to God's word for direction. Anytime you're trying to get direction in your life, you always look to God's word. And I was up praying and I opened a Bible. The only Bible I had was a message version Bible. And this was the verse that I opened to. Isaiah 54, 17. It says, this is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. When you get a word from God, it will settle you. It'll get in your heart. God's word is peace. God's word is hope. God's word is strength. And so from that moment on, I'm like, no, no, no. This is what God's word says. God will see to it. It's going to work out for the best. It's going to be okay. He's with me. He's helping me. So when all this other, what if, what if, what if, I'm like, no, 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 This is what God's word says. This is what God's word says. And it worked out pretty good. We did eventually sell our house six months later. We did eventually get a house. We did eventually serve God. We did eventually do what he asked us to do. So it's like, when you get the word of God in your heart, in your, in your life, it's like, you have everything you need. You will have victory. You will move forward. You will defeat the what if monster. Let me pray for you as we close today. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word has an answer for everything in our life. It's relevant. It's living. It's active. And so God, would you highlight your words to us? Help us to have victory. Help us not to get beat up by the devil's schemes. Help us to have victory, to walk in victory, to walk with you, to walk in your truth. It's your truth that sets us free. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never heard of having a relationship with Jesus. You've never heard of being saved. You've never heard of giving your life to the Lord and you want to do that today. Or maybe you did that as a little kid and, and something inside you is like, I want to dedicate my life back to him. Something in the service, seeing someone being baptized. But you know, today's your day that you dedicate your life back to God. I, I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to stand up or come to the front. But sitting right there in your seat, I just want to pray for you. So if you want prayer today, you're saying for the first time or the first time in a long time, just slip up your hand and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Yep, yep, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Yep, good, 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 good. Put your hands down. God sees your hand, God sees your heart too. So let's say this prayer out loud as one big church family. You repeat after me, say, dear God, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I'm asking you, to forgive me, to heal me, and to restore me. Today, God, I dedicate my life fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Well, let's celebrate today. Life change. I love seeing life change. I love what Jesus does in our lives. So if you raised your hand for the first time today, for the first time in a long time, tell somebody and then just keep coming back. Keep coming back to a place where you can be around a community of believers that will help you grow closer to God. So we got a photo booth out there for people that got baptized. Make sure you take a photo, commemorate the moment. And then if you want to be baptized, come see me. I'll be right up here. We will get you baptized today. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.